Well, since this is our last loft, we want to have the expression of gratitude for everybody who makes this happen week after week. So if you have been a greeter, if you've done coffee cookies, if you've done sound, if you've done drama, dance, visual arts, if you've been a prayer servant, if you've been a musician or a singer, or maybe the associate chaplain for worship, would you please stand and let us thank you with our applause. And if you see somebody later who wasn't able to be here tonight and you know that they've had a leadership role, please, uh, this is the season of gratitude, right? Um, at the end of your final, if you write on the end of your exam, thank you so much for this class. I learned so much. That's worth like five points. <laughs> and also really encourages a professor who's grading a whole bunch of papers. So this is a season of a lot of stress, but we also want to make it a season of gratitude, of acknowledging what God has done in our lives through the people around us. So be grateful to your RA, your RD, your roommate who put up with you, whoever it is, uh, spread some gratitude this week. And then we also want to be aware, we'll be praying um, today for Karis Brown, whose father died. And um, she's in the, like all of us, in an ending time and has to put everything on hold and be with her family in New York, so we'll be praying for Karis. We're going to continue to pray for Carissa as she waits at the bedside of her sister, Jenica. Jenica's had some movement, some response, and uh, they have no idea what her prognosis is yet, but they're amazed um, that she's doing some things, and it's uh, quite remarkable. So keep praying for Jenica over this summer. And then we're going to pray today for Paul Bursma. Um, many of you know that Paul usually sits right there with his family. Paul has had some health problems on and off all semester, and he hasn't been able to be with us in loft physically as much as he would like to be. But I know he's watching online. So everybody look at a camera and just wave at Paul. Say, hi, Paul. Hi, Good. We got it covered. Thanks. And, uh, and when you see him around, he works in the bookstore, he's a presence, just uh, give him your love. He's a prayer warrior. If you need prayer and you see Paul and you ask him to pray for you, he will. And uh, it will do some stuff. <laughs> Paul's got game. So, uh, so please, let's, we're going to pray for Paul and other things around campus. So let's go to our Lord in prayer. Lord, before the throne of God above, we have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love. Wow. What an amazing thing that the words that we say in prayer, sometimes stumbling, sometimes crying out, sometimes unsure, are gathered together through the work of your Son and laid before your throne and so we pray, Holy Spirit, that you take our words, spoken and unspoken, and just gather them together. We lift up Karis and her family in the deep grief over the loss of her father. Well, we thank you that his suffering is over and his battle with cancer is done. We know that for his family, the grief will never really leave, and it will just take different forms. But Lord, may the grief be a sign to others of how much they loved this man. 
And may it also be transformed by the power of your redemption into testimony about the truth of resurrection. As it says in Thessalonians, we do not grieve as people who have no hope, but because of what Jesus Christ has done in his life, death, and resurrection, we stand by graves confident that someday Jesus Christ will return and he will make all things new. And Lord, we thank you that we get glimmers of that here on earth, that you're not just saving that all up for the end time, but you're actually making things new here, right now, in us, among us. We thank you for the healing you brought to Jenica when just a month ago we weren't sure if she was going to live. And now she seems to be reaching out and interacting in some ways with her families in ways that we cannot understand. And so, Lord, we are bold to pray that you will make your kingdom come in her life. She was a pastor and a preacher, and wow, what a testimony she's had. We pray for her family as they wait and watch at her bedside. For Carissa, as she has to focus on final exams right now and getting papers done and completing her courses or taking incompletes and figuring all that out. Lord, surround her with your mercy and her love. Give her the peace she needs to make the right decisions for this time and this place. And God, we pray for our brother Paul. We thank you that he bears witness again and again to what you have done in his life. We thank you for the healing you have brought him. And Lord, we pray today that he will be relieved from pain, from the headaches that have plagued him, from the pain in his chest wall that makes it hard to breathe that you will restore him, Lord, that you will allow him deep breaths and a clear head, that you and your mercy would heal him so that he can continue to be here among us and point us to you, that he can be our intercessor, our prayer warrior. Lord, we pray for our friend Paul tonight and for his parents, Dirk and Harriet. And Lord, we pray for this community it's a season of stress. It's a season of getting things done, of saying goodbye, of packing up rooms, so much transition. And Lord, help us. Help us to focus on exams, to do our best, to make good choices about eating and sleeping and what we drink so that we are at our best. For you've given us intelligence. You've given us capabilities. And when we study well and perform well, we give you glory. So help us to do that. And Lord, this is also a season of goodbyes as we say farewell to our floor, to our house, maybe to Calvin. And so Lord, bring people into our paths, literally, that we need to connect with before we leave. Somebody that maybe we need to say thank you to. Somebody we need to say, when you did this, it made my day and I will not forget it. Somebody that we need to reconcile with. Somebody we need to have a good parting from. So Lord, we pray for this week that the ins and outs and the comings and the goings will be blessed by you, the one who go, oversees all of our going out and our coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Lord, we thank you for Calvin College. We thank you for this place. We ask a blessing on those who are leaving it, that they will go out empowered, not by what they have learned here at Calvin, but empowered by the strong strength, the mighty power of your Holy Spirit, that they will go out as anointed people, 
that they go out as fearless people, courageous people, who know that their God is with them wherever they go. And so, Lord, we pray a blessing on all who are going out. And we also pray for all who are coming in. We pray for those freshmen who are making a decision, maybe even right now, about where to go. Gather together amazing young men and women of God that they gather in in the fall and we say, wow, Lord, thank you for these people. And for those of us who remain, help us to welcome well. Help us to say goodbye well. Help us to serve you well in this place. And Lord, tonight as we turn to your word and we hear it in scripture and in story, we pray, Holy Spirit, that you use it to teach us, to heal us, to convict us, to challenge us, to inspire us. Lord, as we tell the stories of what you have done, we pray tonight that you receive all the glory and honesty, majesty and power. For yours is the kingdom forever and ever. And all God's people say, Amen. Tonight is testimony night, and we'll give you the instructions for that after we hear one testimony. But kind of our, our framing for tonight, our framing psalm is Psalm 126. And this is a psalm that people say after they've been through something, after they've been brought back from exile. This is what they say. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. May those who go out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. So as you hear the stories, you may be at a point where you're saying the Lord has done great things, or you may be at a point saying, Lord, I'm, I'm sowing in tears and I can't wait to reap. Whatever it is, we lay it before the Lord. Our brother Garrett Bizzani is going to start us off, and he's going to come on up, Garrett. Let's welcome Garrett. You good? Yeah. yeah. You get that nerve thing you get? Yeah. Oh. Friends, this is Garrett. Garrett is going to tell his story to us, and uh, we're going to listen. So, Garrett. All right. Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. All right. <laughs> All right. So, I've never really told my testimony before, like, the whole thing. So, this will be kind of a first, and so it'll be kind of interesting. Um, so, it happened almost four years ago. On uh, May 29, 2010, it was just a Saturday night. Um, this was at the end of my freshman year, and my parents had just left to go. Freshman year of high school. Freshman year of high school, yeah. Yeah. So, my parents had just. Well, I'm a freshman right now, so. I know, but some yeah. people don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Garrett's a freshman from Grand Haven. Pretty recent. 
but um, okay, so my parents had just left to go to uh, set up for my sister's graduation party. That was actually the next day. And uh, so I was left then home alone and I decided that um, I wanted to go past some like free time that I had. And it was a nice day outside, so I did what I enjoyed doing is was aerials and like jumping on a trampoline. But I had been recently trying to do a uh, new trick, which is a double front flip. And on one of my attempts, it, uh, I kind of like had a moment in the air where I was freaked out and I untucked too soon and uh, ended up coming down and landing on my head in a position like this. And the last uh, thing that I remember was being a couple feet above the trampoline. And then I uh, gained consciousness, uh, like not really consciousness, but I kind of like came to uh, a few seconds later and I felt like my body was in a odd position. And it turned out that um, I felt like it was almost my feet were like above my head and I was laying on my chest. But when I turned back and looked at my legs, they were just laying there normally. So at that point, I really just had one thought in my head like, oh, I kind of broke my neck, like I have to do something. And it wasn't, the seriousness had not hit at that point. And uh, so I um, got up and I, like, I kind of just army crawled to the edge of the trampoline, um, grabbed my phone and uh, called 911 and flipped over then and stabilized my head. So I don't, I don't know why I did it, it was just instinctual, but it kind of helped. But um, he stabilized his head between the, you know those the the coils on the trampoline. The springs. That would be the word. Yep. The springs. <laughs> so he put his head between the springs of the tramp, which mm -hmm. was an incredibly wise thing to do. Oh, it just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so as uh, I called in nine one one and told him, I'm like, I kind of broke my neck and I need an ambulance out here. <laughs> <laughs> So, as I was, so it, at that point, the seriousness didn't hit it yet, but after being on the phone for a couple minutes, I started to realize and think, and uh, it, that's when it started to happen, and it started kicking, where I was just kind of thinking, like, what I can't do, and I was just hit a point where I was telling the operator, I'm like, my life is over. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life now. And that was kind of, like, the moment from there where I was just, like, everything was just kind of, like, thinking about the future. And so... And they, the operator tried to, like, talk you through it, right? Yeah, just she was trying to talk me through it, but I was just, like, I just couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And so the ambulance showed up, and they brought me to uh, the hospital where I told them to call my mom and tell them to meet me there. And uh, so the first thing that I remember seeing when I got into the hospital was um, my mom. She came up to me, and she was in tears, and I told her, like, the, and the first thing I said was I was just like, I'm sorry, because uh, I, I knew, like, how like much like how hard this is for her and that was all I said was I'm sorry and then I told her next that my life was over and she yelled at me and <laughs> she told me she's like don't you ever say that and that's where I just kind of just like a shell shock like okay I got and like get all right and so then I saw my sister crying and she couldn't I couldn't even look at her she couldn't look at me like it was just a moment that I was in tears and she was in tears she had to leave the room because it was just too hard for her to see. But, um, so they had me then sent to the hospital, I mean, to the next hospital where they did some x-rays, and then I, next thing I remember is I uh, woke up in the hospital, and uh, I was uh, kind of like unsure what had all happened, and then I realized like kind of that I couldn't move my legs, I could hardly bear, move my arms. And uh, that was again where I, for that whole week in the hospital, I was 
in a, like a lot of depression. I was like, my life is over, still that whole feeling. And I talked with my sister and my family and my friends, and I'm just like telling the whole same thing for a week. I was just like, what am I gonna do with my life? And then they finally just told me like, you need, you can do this, this is bearable. Like you can uh, make the best of it. And so from that point on, I decided like, all right, I got this. I'm gonna just kind of go with it and see where it goes. So after that first week, I kind of like never really realized the severity of the actual accident and what could have happened. Um, I could have, after they described what, um, how severe the incident was, I broke C7 in my neck, which is all the way up here. And when you break that level, it's supposed to paralyze you from that point down. So I should have lost, like I could have lost all the movement in my arms. And uh, the whole sequence of events that could have happened was the fact that I was home alone, um, I was at a level that should have just completely left me from there down, not been able to crawl to the edge of the trampoline or anything. And the next problem is the swelling, is when um, the first incident will like leave you like initial shock, but then if you don't get to surgery soon, then you um, the swelling can rise and effectively take out more. And I was, the doctors described to me that I was an inch away from death that day and that one like of one more vertebrae or two more vertebrae higher and it would have uh, cut off all like I wouldn't have been able to breathe at all and so I could have not been able to crawl to the edge of the trampoline and then the swelling could have increased and then no one would have found me for another couple hours which would have then led to me like I could just possibly just stop breathing on the trampoline and that's where it kind of like hit me like this is like bad and um, so I realized though after a sequence of events that of how everything lined up, that someone like God was watching over me that day, and that um, He had a part in what all happened. Because I was, uh, as I said, like I could have first of all died on the trampoline, but when I was in the hospital um, going, it only was an hour in and out of the first hospital, which is extremely fast. And then when I got to the next hospital, I got in just before another surgery. It was um, a big, like, urgent person was coming in, and they would have been having higher priority over me, and it would have been longer to get into surgery. But, and then another sequence of events, too, was the, it just so happened that night that one of the top neurosurgeons and orthopedic surgeons in the state were working, and they ended up working my surgery. And I was under, and I had surgery in, like, five and a half hours. So I was just like, there's no way that that happens just by odds. There's no way that was just chance that God had a part in making sure that everything would line up to fit out and per fit perfectly. And I kind of, it's weird to say, but I kind of view this as almost a blessing and a curse. Because I was on my way to like going down a bad path. I was straying away from God. I hadn't gone to church in like six months. And I was just not, I didn't have my priorities right. I was like hanging out with the wrong crowd. And it was kind of just a reality check of what's important to me in life and family and God are what's important to me. And it really brought together my family and brought together like my relationship with them. And then it just kind of like made me like think like, all right, I can't, I gotta like start like doing like, I gotta like pursue certain things and go away from others. But it's still, I still view it sometimes as a curse, like I said. It's something there, I'll be sitting there and I'll be kind of like, all right, I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. But then I realized like, hey, I can still do so much. I have the ability to like do, I can still like go out and like go like snowmobiling and skiing. And it's just, I have to do everything a different way. And so I kind of just 
It's like, all right, whatever. I'll like brush it off and like, it's just so little. It's only 95, I knew 95% of the stuff and the other stuff I can't. So I still view it as like, God is just like, it's like, whatever you, like you got this, all this stuff still. And like, he's just making sure, he's still in my life and making sure that like I can do certain things I want to. But after all that and uh, the whole sense then, I left the hospital initially not being able to move. Like I could only quiver my toe and I had very little feeling at all, like from the chest down. And after, um, now after, since then, I can walk with a walker up to about like a couple hundred feet and I have almost full sensation back. Um, I'm still working toward walking every day. I haven't given up my goal. I still see myself in the future as potentially being able to walk. And I just feel like God is there with me all the time. I still pray to him asking like, hey, I need to continue recovery and I'm still going to therapy and still pursuing it. But overall, it's just been, I decided to change what could have been a bad situation into making it the best. And I decided not to dwell on what could have happened, but look at the good of, what, of everything. Today, I kind of want to live my life as like a steward of God and all the, like, the good that he can do. I've, because of that, it's led me to like certain career fields. Like I'm going to go pre-med because I want to be able to work with like kids that are going through the exact same thing that I go through. I want to be able to help them to like keep them positive and like view it not as like their life is over, but more that they can still go on. And uh, so one thing that was a quote that I've learned is you, I mean, you just have to keep like, it's all about attitude and these things. And like, you just have to look at it as like, if you think you can, this is the quote, is if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. Either way, you're right. And that's so true. I could have that day just been like, you know what, I'm just gonna go like hide, hide in a corner and just like, just woe is me type of thing. But I was just like, no, I'm gonna make the best of this. And God had a reason for that. God wanted to, um, he wanted to like show example of like what, the, what work he can do and like show like how he wants me to like make an influence in other people's lives. And aside from, as I, as I look at this, I wouldn't change a single thing that's happened to me in the last four years, aside from the fact of being able to like physically walk again. It shaped me into being the person that I am today, into being a better person. And I see my life as my story still continuing and God helping me out to keep going. And he's gonna like, he has a um, purpose for me in life and I don't view it as over right now, but he still is has something that he's planned for me in the future. Amen. Great job. So, Garrett, if somebody wanted to talk with you about something that was going on in their lives or they wanted to ask you more about the accident or the effects on you, you're very open to talk. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Cool. And um, we'd like to pray uh, for and with Garrett now. And I'd like to invite, if you're a nursing or pre-med or something going into the healthcare field, would you come forward and stand with Garrett? So you're all going to be in classes with Garrett. You beautiful science people. Let me move this out of the way. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Good job. There you go. There you go. Okay. 
I really can't go. Okay, good, good, jump up, okay. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. All right, everybody just, um, let's lay hands, and then if you want to extend a hand out. God, we praise you for the story that we have heard today. It's your story, the story of your power and your might, and the story of how you use people in the field of medicine and healthcare and nursing to bring comfort and healing to people who need it. We thank you that at the right time in the right place, Garrett had the people that he needed, the people you placed where they needed to be. And so as we stand with these young men and young women who have heard your call to help through physical healing, we pray your blessing and strength upon them, that you will have them be in the right time and in the right place so that they too can be part of someone's testimony, can be part of your story in someone's life. And we pray that for Garrett. We thank you for his story. We know that his testimony, like all of ours, continues to unfold. And we are bold to pray that he will walk again. We are bold to pray that we will see it happen. And we will praise your name. So thank you, Lord, for the amazing advances in human science. We thank you more for what you do every day through us. In the power of Jesus, we pray. And everybody says, amen. amen. Right. And now, um, this is what Garrett did four years ago at Grand Haven High School, just so you can watch, because it's awesome. It's a year ago. A year ago. What did I say? Me for the four. No. A year ago. After he became paralyzed on May 29, 2010, to walk across the stage using a walker without anyone helping him. We want to play the moment. And remember, most of his classmates didn't know that he could do this. God done for you? What's God done for you? Maybe he didn't make you surprise everybody at graduation by having you walk across the stage, but he's done something. So here's the question we're going to answer tonight. Ben's going to find the slide. How has God showed his love and his care for you this year? That's the question we're going to answer. 
And the challenge part of testimony this week is that you have to do it in 10 words. It's a 10-word testimony. So in just a minute, we're going to hand out note cards and pens, and we're going to invite you to do 10 words. One of the words should be God, <laughs> or Jesus, or the Holy Spirit. And if you use Holy Spirit, you can count those two words as one. Okay? So uh, here are some examples to kind of start you thinking. Jesus was my rock and shelter through times of suffering. God is the father I never had in my life. The Lord taught me all I need is his love. Grief expressed always brings us closer to Christ. That one, by the way, was offered by a student who couldn't be here tonight, and she really wanted that word spoken for you. Argued with parents, anger and rebellion, forgiveness and reconciliation. The Spirit brought me out of depression and into his light. So I'm going to invite the uh, ushers to hand out the pens and the cards. And like I said, there are, you have 10 words. Uh, it's tweetable when you're done. But as you go out into the summer, you're going to have people who ask you about your faith or ask you about going to Christian college and what do you do there and why does it matter and why is it important. And now you have 10 words. So if you're in an elevator with somebody and you've got a short time, you can give your testimony in 10 words. And if they want to know the rest of it, you can give them the rest of it. But we want to have you primed up so that your testimony isn't just for tonight. It's for whatever God takes you into this summer. So if you're a camp counselor, if you're working at a church, if you're in a factory, if you're moving to New York City, whatever it is, you're primed up to say, this is what God has done for me. And then we're going to have, we have two microphones. Um, you can squeeze them and raise or lower them depending on your height level. Paul will demonstrate. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, try to avoid that. Try to raise it or lower it to what you need. Um, and if, you, if, if standing up in front of people and reading something off a card is not your mojo, um, your uh, mission is to at least tell it to one other person out loud. Say the words out loud to one other person. Don't just like slide your card over and have somebody read it. Like you actually need to say it, vocalize what God has done for you. And so put the main question on the screen. How has God shown his love and care for you this year? If you have your 10-word testimony ready, you can come on forward and use the mic. And basically, we'll just go back and forth, okay? So whenever you're ready, come and share what God has done in our community this year.
Bitterness and depression last year, tears of joy this year. I am God's child, and he is enough for me. The Lord has shown me how to be a leader. He showed me that he doesn't accuse. God gave me strength and friendship when I needed help. God showed me my limits and gave me true friends. I have overcome, God said. He fought Satan for me. God has made me needy and then made me full. God gave me comfort and courage in a time of fear. Heard voices, now I don't. My God's insane. Ah! God gave me courage to speak truth I couldn't alone. God healed my broken and hurting body and made it new. God took away my shame and gave me love. Godly people he gave when I needed direction. My God set me free and calls me his beloved. Difficulty experienced, sin exposed, 
Plan made, grace given, trust restored. By the grace of God, graduating with dream job, hallelujah. <laughs> The Lord has shown me dry ground to walk on. my Heavenly Father is showing me the way. God gave me what I needed in His perfect time. People, the vessels of God's love, His hands and feet. Even though I struggle and suffer, God suffers with me. I struggle with porn. God gave me friends who understood. Depression's back, but my identity in Christ means suicide isn't. God loves through wise friends, promises kept, and risks rewarded. God pushed me to face my biggest fears. Hashtag no shame. <laughs> Walls down. Floods of truth and love, step by step. God gave me worth when I doubted. He is good. I didn't know who I was, but God always does. Man plans his ways, but the Lord directs his steps. The Lord has restored my soul. I am made new. God took me in his arms and showed me peace. faithful. He showed me numerous times this year. 
God brings life-giving people and activity. I am at peace. God showed me he doesn't define me by my struggles. Despite my continuing failures, God never stopped forgiving me. God gave me people who see and understand me fully. He told me to step out on the safest ledge, and he is faithful. God had restored me and brought me back where I should be. God has filled me to the brim with joy. God taught me to accept what I cannot control. God has brought me to a place of peace. God has shown me that he is enough and that only he can satisfy. God is blessing, equipping, and sending me despite my weaknesses. God taught me what it means to call him daddy. Worry, unsure of future, courage through God's faithfulness and support. Deuteronomy 31.6 When I gave up on myself, my Savior did not. God drew me close, broke me down, and then built me up. God has been faithful to provide all that I've needed. I've been knocked down, but God is with me still. God surrounded me with people who personify his love. He took the training wheels off. I fell into his love. God's plans are better than mine. He gave new trust. God has shown me I'm worth more to him than my GPA. God has a plan. God always has a faithful plan. God has shown me my true friends and their love. God, I have failed you. I am sorry. Please forgive me. Prayed for community, <laughs> prayed for community courage, and future. God provides. Why fear? teaches me what is best for me and directs me in the way I should go. Isaiah 48, 17. I was hurt by people. 
but the Lord embraced me. God created space for rich conversation with good friends. My worth is not in others, but in God alone. took off a piece of my heart, but only so he could fill it with himself. No life more worthwhile than a life lived for God. me through it all. God's love is always there, even when I ignore him. When everything else is changing, God still waits for me. Through darkness and doubt, God never let me go. The Lord carried me through trials and redeemed me. God has a sense of humor. She said yes. <laughs> he humbled me by revealing his love and blessings. God has been quiet, but in his quietness, I've been found. Patience and trust, God's timing brought bigger blessings than mine. I was betrayed and hurt, but God fought for me. I told God he wasn't real. He proved me wrong. showed his presence and faithfulness, always kept his promises.
God is the one thing that I can always depend on. Come to the microphone. It's all good. Don't want to let anybody be like, oh, I didn't do it. Okay. You know? Thomas. Excellent. My OCD is here to stay, but so is he. forgives. He always stays. Amen. all that God is in only 10 words. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Through God's love, my identity is in my Savior. Mm-hmm. Trials, pain, but a closer love-filled relationship with God. God gave me strength when my life was falling apart. God loved me when I wasn't able to love me. I am worthy to Christ, that's all that matters. Uh, Life can change at any moment, live it how God would want you to. But you're, most of you are sitting with people who know a lot more than 10 words. 
about your story. And that's the beautiful thing about being in Christian community. And it took some of, some of you a lot of courage to say what you said in front of other people. And I just want to applaud that because when we speak out our truth and what God has done, those kind of things silence the enemy. He has no power. When we claim the power of Jesus Christ over the trials and the garbage and the suffering in our lives, and we say Jesus reigns in this place. And that is what we heard tonight. So, praise God. Praise God. And if you uh, want to tell more of your testimony, it doesn't have to end here. And there are also um, things from the prayer tent in the basement. If you want to read the walls downstairs, they posted some of the things from the prayer tent. If you want to keep hearing what God's doing on this campus, just talk to each other. It doesn't have to wait till Testimony Sunday. Um, fill up your Facebook stati with, uh, <laughs> with what you heard tonight. And you have more than 10 words on Facebook, so um, feel free to do that. If you've got your card and you've written your testimony, put it, a date on it and sign it so that you remember when it was. And then uh, put it in a place where you'll find it back. Put it in your Bible or put it on the dash of your car. I know many of you are leaving your bathroom mirrors soon, so if you put it on there for the next four days, take it with you when you move out. Sign it, date it, and maybe when someone else reads it or hears your story, you can have them sign your card. So it's not just about you and God, it's about you and the body of Christ together. With your permission, let me pray for our stories and then we're going to... God, you are the grand storyteller. And indeed, we cannot, we cannot contain your work in 10 words. But what poetry we heard tonight. What powerful words, simply spoken, sometimes with a lump in our throat, about what you have done. We praise you that in this room, lives have been restored, sin has been confessed and forgiven, bodies have been healed and made whole, friendships have been restored, loneliness has been met with companionship. We praise and thank you tonight, God, because you are the one who has done all of these things. We praise you and we lift you up. And Lord, we want to be people who tell it who shouted from the mountains that our God is God and he is good. And so go with us into this summer and let us speak our 10 words and add to them, double them, quadruple them so that your story is told over and over and over again. Thank you for my brothers and sisters and the courage they show. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.